Hey everyone, welcome back to This Lesbian Ship is Intense. I'm Katie. And I'm V. And we are back to talk to you about our favorite show, First Kill. And we cannot even play coy or hide our excitement because we have accomplished a great task. Yeah, so you all have no idea how hard it has been for us to keep our mouths shut about the efforts that we have been making to have a special guest, Miss Imani Lewis, to join us. But y'all, she is, she's got a lot on her calendar, and we've also got to figure out our calendars. So it has been something that we have been working towards, and it's finally happened, y'all. She is here, and she loves First Kill as much as we do. And we are very excited to chat about the show that we all love. Today we have here with us Imani Lewis. Hello, hey everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. We're excited <laughs> we, to have you. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited to talk to you. And I want to ask how your past month has been, but you've been so busy. Have you yeah. even had a chance to enjoy the reaction to First Kill? Yeah. Oh, no, I've definitely I take nights where I just indulge in all like the fan edits and like all the comments and everyone's just so sweet and have been so, so supportive of the show. So every now and then I like allow myself to drown in the love that First Kill has been receiving. But yeah, it's been a busy month. It's been it's been busy, busy, <laughs> very busy on this side. Yeah. I'm glad you give yourself some time to like indulge in it because I think especially when you get into fandom, like you need to have some good boundaries of like because you get sucked <laughs> in really fast and overwhelmed. Yeah, at first, at first it was like terrifying, and I was like, "Nope, not gonna look at any of it. Like, I'm just gonna <laughs> put things up and just act like I didn't, just act like I don't see any of it." But then I finally let myself. Like, I think, I think when things go on social media, it's like very like you're really rolling the dice. Like everyone could really like tell you how much they love you and how excited they are for you and beg for a season two, or they could be like, "Boo, you suck," you know. So it's like, <laughs> I don't really, I don't, you know, I try not to indulge too much, but. When I saw the comments and saw everyone like pleading for a season two, I was like, oh my God, like people love this show. And then I was like, okay, well, what else do you guys think? You know, like, <laughs> the fans are awesome. They're so, so awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about like overwhelming. Um, not only is this popular here in the States, you know, because the show has been allowed to be broadcast in other countries, like yeah. the, the love is global. And I wonder oh. what that's like. <laughs> It's bananas. I feel like they go so, oh, I, of course, I love and adore and appreciate all of the beautiful countries and places and people from them that have been enjoying First Kill and promoting the show. But Brazil does not play <laughs> about First Kill. <laughs> they are going to step every time. And I just, wow. Like, that's when I really was like, oh, my God. And even when I see, like, a lot of, like, responses and a lot of love, like, in Spanish, mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, like, oh, this is, like, this is a big deal, huh? <laughs> like sometimes I forget like that. Like, you know, I'm so wrapped up in doing the work and how much I enjoy the craft of it that I forget like, oh, people are going to watch this and then have opinions on it. Okay, cool. So this, <laughs> just, the outpouring of love has been like so heartwarming. That's that's so true because you go and you film and you do all of the work and you mm -hmm. don't reap the benefits until you're done with it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And you're right. Brazil goes hard. <laughs> they go so hard. They go so, so hard. But yeah, we like do all this filming and then we just like hand off our work and we're like, all right, hope it's great. Hope we did, <laughs> we did enough. So when we saw it back, we were like, oh, my God, you, you never imagined that it looked that good. How long was it from when you finished filming to where you got to see, like, the fruits of your labor? 
Ooh, so we started filming last, uh, the March of last year. We finished around, I want to say, August. And then it came out June of this year. So <laughs> my math isn't too great, but quite some time, <laughs> a little over a year, a little over a year, yeah. Oh, that has to be, like, the most anxiety-inducing thing, like. Oh my God, you have no idea. It's like, oh man. And, and it's like the closer you get to it, it does not settle. It amplifies the anxiety. Yeah. Like, oh man. Like, you know, I feel like if anything, the, the, the time that you like aren't, like after you finish filming, maybe the first few months, you're like, oh my God, oh my God. But then you kind of like not forget about it, but you're like, oh, that was a cool thing I did. And I really had a good time. And you know what? That's all. I know we had a good time. We did good work. <laughs> Leave it there. And then it's a it comes out and you're like holy shit 190 <laughs> people are gonna see this like i should you think like my performative choices like did i <laughs> yeah it's like definitely as you get closer to it coming out that you start to be like oh my god like this is happening yeah definitely so i have to ask this is in quite demand Ooh. uh what's it like to have thousands of lesbians in love with you overnight <laughs> <laughs> That's the lesbians, man. <laughs> <laughs> Loyal oh families. All I'm going to say is Twitter is a very interesting place. And they wear it on their sleeves. They're like, I see, I can't even begin to like describe to you the things that I read and see. They think I don't, but I see, I see it. Like some of the comments would be like Imani. I'm on my knees in a Wendy's right now. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, hey. <laughs> like the comments are just the, the quote tweets, all of it. Wow. I love the lesbians. It's fish. all love though. It's, it's all love. It's so much love. And it's only ever love. And I have nothing but love for it. Nothing but love. It. You'll get to it. see it, experience it in person because you're going to Clexicon. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go to Clexicon. Oh my God. I'm so ecstatic. I cannot wait to meet these people. Cause I feel like on the internet, it feels like, it feels like so many people, but it feels like oh, so far, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, oh, like, but it, they make it feel like close and close knit, like a community. So it doesn't feel as far, but it's going to be totally different. Like, it's totally different when you get to feel people's energy, mm -hmm. like in front of you and you get to speak to them and like hear them tell you their stories of like their own personal experiences and what they learned about themselves or are learning about themselves through the show. That's what I can't wait to see. I can't wait to feel their energy in person. So make sure you guys come to Clexicon. <laughs> oh, I think that there are going to be plenty of people who are going to be there to support you all. Oh, they are very excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So our podcast title used to be This Lesbian Shit is Intense, but iTunes made us change this to ship. Um, but anyways, um, This Lesbian Shit is Intense. And yeah. so we want to start a little <laughs> drama and um, ask you, you know, Sarah Catherine, she referred to Juliet as a fuckboy in our last uh, episode of her, our interview of her. So um, what would Cal have to say to that? <laughs> oh, I feel like Cal would be like, girl, please, okay. You were simping over me. Simping over me. She was simping over me. I can see why she'd say that. I completely understand. But I also feel like Cal was very calculated. And I feel like when you're messing with a fuckboy, like the point of a fuckboy is like they think that they like you have no idea that they're mm -hmm. playing with you but cal was very aware you know like everything was very tactical even that everything leading up to like that pantry scene was very very like strategized you know what i mean so it's like oh yeah 
You think you're a fuckboy. I'll let you have that, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's a real skill. It's just like, I'm going to let you believe yeah, that. I'm going to let you think that's that. Not. But like, no, baby, this is chess, not checkers. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but she's very, no, but Julia was very bold. Like, very, that, that Sarah Catherine was spot on about, like, she was like, no, I know who I want. I know how <laughs> Listen, there's this party. I think you should come. I'll spin the bottle. Oh, well, I guess it landed on you. <laughs> on the it's all very yeah. strategized as well. But no, Cal, Cal knew what was up. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like we talk about Juliet being down bad for Cal, but the only reason that the legacies were discovered is because of Cal and mm-hmm. the fact that she couldn't stop paying attention to Juliet. That's very true. So, no, they were equally simped. Let's not think that <laughs> they both were crazy about each other, for sure. I think Cal, like, maybe was a lot more reluctant to showing it initially. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no, they both... To call Talia Burns and tell her that you're not coming home, you are playing a very dangerous game. <laughs> so, no, she was definitely sent out to, like, call Talia Burns and tell her, no, mom, I'm staying here. Yeah. <laughs> they both, yeah, they, they both were very serious about each other. <laughs> Absolutely, a thousand percent. I'm going to jump to another question um, that relates to this, which is we've heard Sarah Catherine talk a lot about the chemistry read that y'all had and Mm. how she sat with other women who were going for the role of Calliope and what drew her in to you as Calliope. And Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering kind of like on the flip, what about that chemistry read or what about your interactions with Sarah Catherine made her Juliet for you? Oh, it was immediate. Like the moment I heard her voice, I was like, oh, wow. She's like so like soft and so like like subtle. Like she has a like a very like subtle power to her. Like she's a first of all, she's an incredible performer. So first and foremost, I was like, oh, this is going to be easy because to do a scene with an incredible scene partner is like trying to win a championship game and you have LeBron on your team. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> this is going to this is going to work fantastic you know what I mean like so I felt a different kind of like confidence because you say all these things in your mind before you go in but like as soon as I heard her voice I was like oh I see why she's Juliet like I completely understand why like there's a subtle power here the performance was awesome but she naturally was just so sweet even when she introduced herself just so sweet and just had just like this incredible energy to to her so like immediately I was like oh no I can definitely I feel comfortable to be Cal Mm -hmm. when I'm this Juliet I feel like I almost feel like I transform into Calliope the moment I'm with Sarah Catherine because I feel like I'm I'm not standing in front of Sarah Catherine. I'm standing in front of Juliet. Mm. Oh, I She's- love you saying that because relationships, dynamics, you know, hires yeah. both partners. And so in order for you to be Cal, you needed to have Juliet and to know that that, that worked so perfectly for the both of y'all. I just, I love that. Absolutely. I feel like I, I of course, I related to Calliope and I had an understanding of her, you know, of her as an individual and like, mm-hmm. like her dynamics with her family and that her dynamic with herself and her self-awareness and her, the way she likes self-insures. But I feel like to see Calliope with Juliet is a different version of the, like the Calliope's oh, yeah. that she's by herself or mm-hmm. with her family. Like it's a completely different person. So I was definitely able to channel that when I was working with Sarah Gatlin. Yeah. And it's interesting that you're saying that because I feel like, especially in the first half of the season, Calliope is very emotionally reserved and guarded. So how do you balance those aspects of the character while still making her relatable and likable? Oh, I think, I think it was just important that when playing Calliope, like she's 
guarded. She's not a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, she's not mean. You know, she's not like a mean girl. She has to protect herself and she has to protect her family. And then you also have to remember, she is a product of her training. You know what I mean? So everything that she is, is a mirror. She's just mirroring what she has been like, what she has seen in her house, what she's been told to do. So it really, whether it had been Juliet or anything else, like that's how she is. And I'm sure that's how she was in every, all 8,000 schools that she would travel to, not get to know anyone, you know, because she came there on a mission, you know? So I think that's just, uh, that's, I think that's just a testament to her training, you know? But I also wanted to, but there's so many, mo that's, it's a testament to the writing as well, because there's so many moments that are written where it's like, you start to see her little chink in her armor. It's like, okay, yeah, she's a trainer. She's a monster hunter. She's all these things. But she's also like 16. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She's also queer shit. So, you know, like, <laughs> there's this cute girl in front of you who doesn't look as scary as you've been trained to think she is. And she invites you to a party and she's the only person that's spoken to you here. You're accustomed to not speaking to anyone, to not having pictures in your yearbook, you know? So I think it was, I think Juliet just ignited a different kind of experience for Calliope. So it was, I just wanted to make sure that I, that I showed that, you know, showed that like, this is different. So of course there's going to be a change, you know, in her. And again, Calliope's not mean. She's not like a bitch. She's just mm -mm. trained. That's all. She's on a mission. That's all she's focused, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think it's so nice of you to talk about, like, it's a testament to the writing, it's a testament to all this, but it's a testament to your portrayal because there are a lot of times that the writing for a character is not intended to portray them as a bitch. And the mm -hmm. actor isn't necessarily portraying them in that way, and yet they miss the mark. And it doesn't feel like someone that's relatable, someone that you like. And that's really yeah. a sadness, you know, like, if I'm watching something and I'm like, I know you're not supposed to be someone I dislike, and yet I don't I don't buy into it. And with yeah. the we just did episode five and we get to that switch, that point where she's really a teenager. And it yeah. was just so, so beautiful to see that like exactly like you said, Cal isn't mean. She's not a bitch. She's a product of her upbringing and she's yeah. a product of – and people don't give enough credit to the fact that this girl doesn't get to do shit as a teenager. She doesn't get to be in a year. Yeah. She's going to do extracurricular activities. Uh, and that and I feel like – I think on a personal level, like I think just being a black woman in this world, like we are constantly like – under the the trope of like mad black woman mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, as the co-lead of this show that will not be my truth that is not my <laughs> truth i'm going to make sure that that is seen bright and clear like i am not gonna because i i feel like there was already a thing of like one i am so much bigger than sarah Catherine. <laughs> like yeah. i am not, not even just bigger i'm just taller i'm just a lot taller than her so there was already that build um my physical build, you know, like, mm -hmm. and then again, she's a fighter, she's a trainer, she's all these things that, that could um, easily be misconstrued as like, uh, like she's a threat. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. no, she's not a threat. She's not barbaric. She's not violent in these ways. She is trained. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even then it's controlled. So I think, I, I think on a personal level, it was just so important for, for me to, to show mm -hmm. that like, no, this is not the mad black woman story. This is the educated, equipped, guild certified <laughs> member like you know like i want that to be the thing that shines through and i think i just have a conscious effort of that because i, I feel like it's so easy to fall into that kind of like trope and i'm not yeah and like there's so many like calliope is the character that i attach to most watching it because you know we talk a lot about how both care both julia and calliope um 
both have a different queer allegory Mm -hmm. in their stories and Juliet's is more fighting her nature and Calliope's is more fighting tradition and that's Mm -hmm. something I relate to more Mm -hmm. um and so one of the things I love about Calliope is how introspective she is which makes complete sense with her life and her upbringing Mm -hmm. but I love the balance like even in the first episode where she's like I'm a trained hunter and I'm Mm -hmm. killing vampires (laughs) you know she's drawing the tattoo on her arm and we don't get to see I feel like black girls on television be kids you know and I was so happy to see that in the first episode absolutely I feel the same way I think like it was important that we saw her emote you know and that's not always uh, that there are so many layers to her and I think that was the biggest challenge of this and just embodying the character she was ever changing all over the course of one episode. Like she was not who she was at the top of the episode, at the top of the episode by the end of the episode, like something had shifted in her or something had changed about her. Even in just seeing how she like, again, like you said, like her drawing the mark on herself or even just her like longing when she sees like the, the, the tattoos on her brothers, Mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. across the dinner table when she doesn't get a card with a responsibility it's like you see you know like and these are all little things it's like she's Cal's still a kid you know what I mean and again she's like I feel like she's fighting for like her position like her position in her family you know what I mean and that means so much to her and I think it's important that we see like there are things that matter to her you know what I mean like in the world like she is who she's trained to be but when she's with like she's with like her family or like when she's with people that that bring about that sense of like compassion in her or the sense of like um, just the, the teenageness in her, like that, that bring about feelings in her. I think it's important that we see this softness in her. But then I think it's also dope that we see the switch where when she's in that moment and she draws the thing on herself and she immediately knocks herself out of it. She's like, okay, then train harder. It goes straight to, all right, then put your gloves mm-hmm. on. You know what I mean? Like, if or you want to be this thing, don't sit here and long about it. Don't sit here and cry about it. Don't sit here and draw it on your arm. Earn it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it was important that that we see that in a young woman, because I think that's why it's so important that we like like when we hear the lines in the background and the narration about how the world sees young women, like our empathy or our compassion, or all these things are things that mean that we need to be protected or that make us weak. I feel like it's important that we saw that in those moments, you allow that to be your fuel to make you go harder. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And to, and to, and to mm-hmm. be the person that you see yourself as in the mirror every day, even if the world doesn't see it yet, you know? Yeah. And I, I love... Okay. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I just like you sparked so many interesting things for us about like your performance. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say that I think that you actually kind of really touch on one of my next questions, which was, because Calliope seems so self assured, especially in the beginning, you know, she seems so certain of who she is, so certain of her purpose and what she's here to do. And when we see that switch with Juliet, you know, one of the questions that I think that came up for us was, you know, how much of this is self assuredness and certainty of who she is internally? And how much of that is an acceptance of the imposition of the family? And not that they're imposing it upon her in this kind of like negative way, but this, you know, this is the family that I've been molded around and this is who I'm supposed to be. And um, I feel like you've, you've kind of touched on that. I, I don't know if you have more to say about that, but like that's where my brain was going is just like how self-assured is Cal because that's who she wants to be and is or how much is that her just accepting, you know, the role that's been set for her? Oh, I think it's very much, um, <clears throat> I think it's a mixture of both. And I feel that way because I feel like it's no different than like growing up in a household where everybody in your house speaks Spanish, you mm-hmm. know? So in, in, in 
in return, you end up speaking Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and a part of that is because of the training, you know, like that's what, that's what your ear is trained to hear and then your mouth is trained to say. But then the other half of that is then you go to love your culture. You go to, you know, to love all the other things about the culture, you know? So I feel like it's definitely a blend of both. Like one, like the training, because it's, it's in her mother, it's in her father, it's in her two brothers. And they're all, she's the youngest in the family. You know what I mean? So I feel like, I don't listen, I don't want to say kids, but like younger people are very impressionable. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And like absorb all these things. So I feel like it's been in her, it's been in her bloodlines for years. You know, when she was six and she wanted a, a katana. You know what I mean? Like, so this is, of course, I think she grew an interest into it and like was like, no, this is something I really want to. And I think it's a part of like Cal's just like characteristics to like be like tenacious and to want to master the things that she like gets a grip on or anything that intrigues her. And I feel like we see that in her relationship with Juliet as well. At first she's reluctant. But then when she allows herself to like be open to it, she's like, okay, well, what's your favorite memory? Or what's your favorite this? So, you know, like, okay, now I want to make, I want to make this work, you know, or, you know what, let me take you home to my parents. I know that they'll protect you. I feel, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a thing where she's like, okay, I want this to work. You know, I feel like once she wants something to work, she's going to go to the ends of the earth to make it work. For yeah, sure. The, the Whether it's a good home. idea or not. Yeah, that completely does not matter. It's a good idea or not. She's like, this is passionate. I'm passionate about this. I think I'm going to go full-fledged with this. The Yay! next step in our relationship is you come home with me. <laughs> yes. I'm home to my Monster Hunter parents, and we're going to go upstairs. And that's just that. That's just going to do with it. I loved how you were talking earlier about how you were so intentional and wanting um, – calliope to have these layers and so she's not like so she doesn't come off aggressive because yeah. especially in her relationship with juliet because yeah. i was so captivated by how you're portraying calliope in episode five specifically mm -hmm. because she's so protective of juliet which is so yeah. interesting because juliet is the one who can't die but also <laughs> also because she's like so she's protective in a way that's very attentive to mm -hmm. Juliet yeah. and not like a I'm I'm doing this for you it's like she's paying attention to her and that's how she's protecting her yeah absolutely I think Cal is a protector you know I feel like she goes that way about her brothers she's that way about her family you know like and when it boils down to it in her dream of course she's like I have to choose between you and my family I choose my family you know she's like I have to I have to protect what's mine um, but I think, I think that's just in her nature because that's what, that's what she knows to do to protect. And she lives in a world where she is constantly having to protect herself. You know what I mean? So I think even just as a young girl, you live in a world where you constantly have to protect yourself, where mm -hmm. you can't walk down certain streets at night, or you have to kind of peek over your shoulder a little bit or keep something in your purse. You know, you always, I think just as a girl, period, you just always mm -hmm. have to think to protect yourself. So to be trained really just ignites that like at any given moment like and it's so funny i don't think it's in the show but uh initially um there was some narration where calliope's talking about when she goes to like school and how she doesn't talk to anyone and she's like well what am i supposed to say hi i love beyonce and i can break your neck in four seconds you know what I mean? like, that's just what i you know what i mean like it's like like what am i supposed to say like i know that i have this strength to me so i think we see that in her like in her relationship with uh with uh, Juliet because she grows a comfortability and like once she like grows comfortable with Jules, she's like, this is something that means something to me now. Now I need to protect it. Mm -hmm. Just like being a monster hunter, something that means something to her. So she constantly has to protect it. Her family means something to her. So she constantly has to protect it. I think that's just her love language to protect. I was literally going to say, I was like, oh my God, this is like her love language. It's like, yeah. when you matter. <laughs> yeah. When you matter, I protect you with everything in me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I think like brings out 
what do you think brings out that like soft side of Cal in episode five? Like, is that how Cal is in a relationship or is it just Juliet? Like what brings out that giddiness in her? I think it's Juliet. And I think it's Juliet because she's like the yin to her yang. You know what I mean? Like she's like where Calliope is strong and prominent and all these strong things. Jules is like, oh, just come lay down, you know? <laughs> you know? Oh, I can hear your heart beating when you lie. You like me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she brings out, like, the kid in her. Even seeing, I feel like in episode five, that's what we see, like, Cal reciting Shakespeare on the, on the, you know, in the auditorium because no one's there and it's just that she can be herself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we really get to, yeah, we really get to see, like, the ins like, Cal's like a jelly bean, you know? Like, on the outside, it's hard exterior, but then it's like, once you press it a little, it's like, I'm soft in there. Like, I just was shy at first, that's all, you know? I'm like, already I thinking like, of, like, the memes of, like, Cal is a jelly bean now. You know, you're going to be a jelly bean. <laughs> you're going to be a jelly bean. Maybe not a, okay, let's say a pistachio, you know? She's a little harder to crack than a jelly bean. <laughs> She's a little harder to crack than a jelly bean. I think maybe a walnut. Okay? Maybe a walnut. Um, but yeah, I I, I think um, in episode five, that's when we really get this. I, I think mm-hmm. it's really Juliet that brings that out of her. I think Juliet is just just soft and sweet and empathetic, and I think Cal fi- like finds a different kind of comfortability to uh, express feelings within herself with Juliet than she would with her family. One, because I think Juliet can understand because she's on a similar like plight and like, be, like having this question, like you don't have to be who your family's telling you to be. You can just be yourself. You know what I mean? I feel like there's points in the story where they both say that to each other, mm-hmm. where uh, Cal tells, uh, no, I, I think Ju- it's when, it's when uh, Juliet, when Cal brings Juliet to the house and then they go to her room, the, the parents go to her room and then they leave and Juliet's like, wow, I often think I have it harder in this situation, but now I don't feel that way. Or when uh, it's the, we think it's a dream sequence, but she goes to go talk to her brother Theo and then comes back. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's like, you know, I just love to hear how you're talking about your life. Like, like it's yours. You know what I mean? Like it's your life. I feel like they just instill that strength in each other. And I think uh, she's just a safe haven, like a, like a beacon of like hope to Calliope. I think so. I would agree with that. I think that it's a lot about Juliet. And um, since we're talking about relationships and let me just stir up more drama, Tess. Yeah. <laughs> your ex. <laughs> Um, I'm just <laughs> so like I think in this I don't know if it was this episode or in the past when I was talking to Kate and I was like where the hell did they meet is there a guild convention I mean like I don't know how much you know about your about Calliope's history with Tess but like how did that happen what was that relationship like is there anything right they don't really give much like background story yeah. to that um but I, I I would assume that it's very much because they're in the same guild yeah you know what I mean uh we saw some guild members at the house didn't see a whole lot of young queer girls there right? so I can imagine <laughs> that, that like sticks out like a sword thumb like I'm in the guild you're in the guild what's up you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like okay cool like that's what I foresee because if you're in the guild nine times out of ten like nine times out of ten Tess was born into that as well you know what mm-hmm. I mean they're around like the age mm-hmm. so I think it's something like the guild is a very it seems like a very close-knit society you know so yeah. I'm sure was like some years in the making i'm sure there's some history there i think you also really hit on like a realistic queer experience which is depending on where you live you may not have yep. a lot of options <laughs> right so it's like let's give it a shot you know like, come here, you're here. okay let's see if this works you, know what I mean? you like, can't be destined to love every person in your life <laughs> exactly and i think like 
probably grew up like of course they were best friends you know so mm-hmm. i feel like they grew up that way and then i'm sure as they came into their identities was like mm-hmm. you know you're not yeah you're not too hard to, <laughs> not hard to look at you know what yeah. what I mean? <laughs> that's what i think that's what i foresee yeah i love it <laughs> So a lot of fans probably don't know this, and I didn't know this till I started doing research for the show, but Felicia D. Henderson is like a legend in Hollywood. Like yes. her resume is insane if you go Thank look you. it up. Oh, yeah. Um, so what was it like for you to be the star of this show for the first time and have her be your showrunner? Felicia is the reason I'm on this show. Let me tell you, Felicia D. Henderson, I am forever indebted to that woman. When I tell you she supported me and continues to support me in every way you can think of, that is mama bear right there. Like, on set, off set, that woman cares with every fiber of her being. And there wasn't a moment on that set that I did not feel heard or seen or safe, even offset. Just she's just such a nurturer, and that woman goes hard. And I, I would always crack jokes to her because she had like <laughs> she had like a stairmaster like uh-huh. in her house, like when we were out shooting. And I was like, I can only imagine her on this like I'm Felicia. I'm making this shit happen. I'm the reason this show is blowing. And then she gets off. She's like, Good morning. How are you? How are you feeling? Everything all right? Not I me, mean. but I feel like on the stairmaster, that's like her at her best. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> where she like musters up Felicia D. You know what I mean? Like that woman is incredible. The fact that she can even juggle all the things that she juggles and then still do it with such poise and such grace and care. She cares for that cast and crew. She cares for that show. She cares about this story. And like it's just I'm it's been such an honor. It is such an honor to work beside her, to work for her, to be with her. Like she is just she is a force to be reckoned with and I just I'm so so grateful for Felicia like that woman like even the, the most subtle of notes mm-hmm. have saved me season like she'll say things like you know like let's see those eyes let me mm-hmm. see those eyes I mean like that's what's gonna trap them keep mm-hmm. your eyes open don't roll them don't, nope let's just let them see your eyes and I open those eyes up and they be like Jesus your eyes I'm like that's Felicia Felicia told me, <laughs> Felicia told me about the top of the eyes you know what I mean like just she is incredible. She is, and she and she does it with. Shout out to Felicia. And and she knew what she was talking about because that's mm-hmm. why you have thousands of lesbians in love with you now. Absolutely. Oh, she knew. Yeah. She yeah. knew. She was like, the girls are gonna eat <laughs> yeah. up. Okay. Open those. <laughs> no, like for real. She like knew. that scene. I remember, like at the party when Juliet looks over at Calliope, and then Calliope has like just the smallest little smirk, and the eye. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yes, absolutely. It's all about the tension. We don't, we need to see the tension. Yes, yes. That episode in particular, oh, incredible. That was, oh, that's when we were shooting with Jet Wilkinson. Another star. Another absolute Oh, the the way you can tell that the first episode is directed by a queer woman. Like, you can tell. Mm, We walked every part of that episode, like, every part of it and it was incredible even even that very scene that you're talking about when i'm looking on the couch jet's like shouting things out to me like all right you see her you're intrigued by her now you think she's a monster now she thinks she's terrible <laughs> you know like i guess it's like like some of it was to be used for like 
Cal's POV and then like Jules POV, you know, yeah. where it's like Cal sees it like, oh, she's flirting with me. But Cal's looking like, yeah, I'm about to get her ass. Yeah. Like, she like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she came to that party with a steak in her pants. <laughs> right. All that. So, I think it's so funny that we see scenes like that and it's like, oh, the tension. And it's like, Cal had a fucking steak in her shorts by that. Like, she was sitting on a couch with a period and a steak in her shorts. Like, he was on a mission. No, it's so good. It's so, so good. I'm so glad um, I we attended the spaces with Felicia and with mm-hmm. the um, actors of the Burns family. And that was really mm-hmm. great and really powerful. And I'm so glad to hear the experience that you have had, because, especially because so Katie and I started this podcast um, specifically um, to talk about not just a, a lesbian relationship, but one that focuses on queer women of color. And mm-hmm. there is a lot in Hollywood where we see um, that women of color even when they're hired aren't treated with respect mm-hmm. in the spaces that they're hired to work um where mm-hmm. it comes to things as simple as having someone who can do your hair um right. making sure that the makeup artist knows how to do your makeup things of that nature mm-hmm. like really the things that i have learned um in following media so closely and so when we went to the spaces and we got to hear felicia talk about it and bryce is one of the writers talk about that experience like my heart soared because mm-hmm. this is what it should be you know this is what it should be yeah. like and how important it is to have the representation behind the scenes and on the camera absolutely incredibly important and i'm telling you like if you were to walk on that set you'd be like this is why the show looks this way Mm -hmm. from hair to makeup to wardrobe to directors to first ad's queer women and men everywhere of all shapes colors and sizes and they all played a part in this story even just like offering their own advices and and telling us about their own stories and their own truths and their own struggles in society and like me and Sarah Catherine just were like a sponge we were like yes yes like all of this is important all of this is important because yes it's acting but representation that is not nice you know what I mean like that is Mm -hmm. very much real and I think we all were well aware of the importance of such representation and diversity in this show so like we took from I'm telling you like directors first ad's second ad's covid safety everyone that you can think of that was a moving part like there was there was representation there was representation all over that set so it was hard not to you know you get in a chair with someone and you you know you, you get your makeup done on them every day or whatever it's like what's your story and they're like oh girl let me tell you you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? Like, or they'll tell me their feelings oh, I'll, I'll ask like i'd be asked questions like did this seem realistic? Mm-hmm. Was this done with grace? Was this done respectfully? Is there something that I'm missing? Is there a beat that I'm missing? Is this stereotypical for me to do this? Is this, you know what I mean? Is it like, okay, we're pushing something here. You know what I mean? Like, how do you feel about the story? How do you feel? Because they all read the sides. They read the scenes. Like, they were equally as engulfed in this story, you know? Like, so I think that's what you see in this show. Like, that's I, the, the goal, at least as far as my knowledge, was it's not like pushing an agenda mm-hmm. but it is instead shining a light you know yes. what i mean like it is to show like hundred percent like these people exist i need you to see this mm-hmm. and i need you to see that even behind the cameras they're the reason why the things you enjoy exist you know what i mean like you know moving parts it's so cool to hear you say that because it feels really special to watch something that has that level of investment and you know 
I think people, to be frank, and this is my perspective, I think people weren't ready for the Burns family on television or ready for Calliope, especially in genre television, because they're not a black family made for white people. Mm -hmm. They are a black family on television portrayed Mm -hmm. authentically Mm -hmm. and... I just think that it's so cool to watch because I don't feel like you get to see that on television. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I, even when, before like my brothers were casted, like when I came in, when I first flew in, uh, we were doing training before we even started, said any dialogue to each other. Mm -hmm. So we were in training and I met, when I met Albin to play my mother, I was like, Dope. And then when I met my father, I was like, dope. Okay. And then when I said <laughs> my brothers, I was like, this show is crazy. Like, this show is incredible. They're just checking all the boxes. Like, I love that it was a family of many hues and shades. We didn't mm-hmm. all look the same. You know what I mean? Like, and then I love that, like, there's a part of the story where, yes, the, the Theo is my brother, and that is Talia Byrne's son. Mm-hmm. And don't let anybody tell you any different. You know what I mean? Like, and she wasn't mm-hmm. let anybody tell her any different. And I just, all that is so important to see because that's just, that's so real. And that's really what a lot of families look like. It doesn't all look like we all came from the same parents. It doesn't mm-hmm. all look like we're all the same shade or hue. Like, no, like, there's variations in these families, and it's, it's so dope to see. And I think it was important to see that they are a close-knit family. They all sit down and have dinner together. You know what I mean? There's no, like, hierarchy. We are all a team. You know what I mean? Like, we are a team. But even then, like, I love seeing that, although Jack and Talia, like, clearly love each other, they work as, like, colleagues almost. They're mm-hmm. like, no, we mm-hmm. need to steer this ship. But then there's still moments where she's like, that's my daughter, Jack, yeah. and I need you to understand that first. You know what I mean? I think I think it's all so dope. And I love that they are an educated, wealthy, equipped family. They don't have some kind of, like, history and like oh well Theo was arrested or something no none of that it was none of that it was like they're they're rich because they're damn good at what they do you Mm. know what I mean like um but I think even scenes like um and shout out to Jet Wilkinson for this scene it's when Cal's running from the party Mm, yeah and the cop cars and the fire trucks go by Mm -hmm. he has done nothing to elude like they have no idea that any of this like where she just came from or what she did but the moment those lights touch her and it's a slow motion, it's like we are really thrown right back into the reality of outside of mm-hmm. the supernatural. This is really what her life is like. This is what the life of a black woman is like. You know what I mean? Of a black person. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have any inkling. You know, mm-hmm. she's just outside by herself. She could have been running from someone. You know yep. what I mean? Like, right. the story could have been anything. But she knew immediately, like, oh, shit. You know, like, take off. Like, this is still, like, this is your world outside of the craziness. That <laughs> it doesn't matter is that vampires exist. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to save your world, Mr. Man. You know, like I'm trying to clear your environment of things that you don't even know exist. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Right. And I think that you're exactly right with the with the shining of flashlight. Like this is what I love about First Kill is that within mm-hmm. every single episode, there is no shoving in your face to say racism mm-hmm. exists. You know, women's like bodily rights. You know, th- it's not shoving mm-hmm. it so forcefully, but it acknowledges the world that we exist in. And these things are pervasive. Like, it doesn't need to be said explicitly for you to see the implications of all of that. And I love it. And I want to say, like, the show, I feel like, trusts you as actors to be able to get those points across. Because we feel it palpably. And, like, I I think it's so... You can just tell how much effort you and Sarah Catherine put into representation. Because there's not a scene where I just feel like, oh, I wish they did something different. Like... That usually is how we feel, mostly mm-hmm. because 
were relegated to side relationships, not the main relationship. Right. But like we get to see all of those moments where I feel like you can throw like a little bit of something that's really character based in there. Right. And um, so I think that's I just want you to know, like, we're not just saying that, like, we really <laughs> feel that when we're watching it. Thank you yeah, so much. Like, we're really honest so people. <laughs> no, and I appreciate it so much because that's really what we were hoping for. We were like, like me and Sarah Catherine would really sit down with with everyone. We talked to Victoria, we talked to Jed, we talked to the director, we talked to Felicia. But me and Sarah Catherine would really sit down and put our heads together, like and look at these scenes, like, okay, like let's break down this scene for what it is, you know, as performatively, but then let's look at the bigger picture here as well. Like there are so many groups of people and we need to know that we're doing this with grace, you know, and we're doing this with care. You know, it was a lot of thought a lot of communicating going into like the the preparation for these scenes. Not to put a lot of pressure on you um, as an actor, uh, but something that I read in one of your interviews was you talking about some of your own idols, people that you look up to, people that you maybe hope to work with one day. And I'm certain that you've seen a lot of um, compliments and appreciation for you, but I wonder what is it like for you to be the representation for people? It's still so hard to even wrap my mind around because I, again, like I don't see myself through the lens that the world sees me through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I appreciate it, but I feel like I wake up and know I know what I look like when I first wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, I know what I look like. So I'm like, mm, that's sweet. <laughs> you know, but I think like it's still hard to wrap my mind around, but I'm just, God, I'm so grateful. I'm just so, so grateful. And I think I'm just in a place of just utter and complete like gratitude. Um, it's just, it's crazy to see because I feel like I'm, I, I still just feel like this like young girl from like Southside Jamaica, Queens. Like I'm like, I'm from, like, I'm from New York, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, okay, this is cool. But it's, it, I think the messages and like when I, when I hear it out loud, like when girls tell me like, yo, you have no idea. Like I feel so seen when I see you. It's, it's your complexion. It's your fucking nose ring. It's all this, like it's, you have all these things where I'm like, yo, you look like me. You know what I mean? And it's crazy. Like it's, it's so crazy. And I, I, again, I'm just, I'm so, so honored. And I just still feel like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I feel like a kid pretending to be an adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like we're all just a bunch of kids pretending to be adults or doing what we think adults do. Whatever adult thing looks like. I <laughs> Like, when I get a doctor's appointment, I'm like, oh, damn. Like, this is what it all comes down to. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know any of my information. So I think it's really dope, like, when people, like, tell me that they, that it's really dope to be in a position to, like, be that for someone else. And I always really would, like, speak heavily on that. Like, even in my music, like, I want to be that. I want to, like, be the person that made it out of, because I am from nobody's Malibu, California. You know? So it's like, mm -hmm. I want to be, right. like, made it out of that. And I made a name for myself, and and I, I just I just really want people to feel like seen when they see me. I want them to see themselves when they see me. Like it's not about me. If I just have to be the vehicle mm -hmm. to to allow other people to see that things are doable and that these goals and these like these kind of opportunities are tangible, then so be it. Um, I'm just grateful to be in the position to do so. I think that's exactly it. It's just is seeing the representation lets you know that you can do it too. And I'm uh, just so happy. <laughs> Calliope is a groundbreaking character on television. There are not a lot of black lesbian characters on television, let alone dark-skinned black lesbian characters. Yeah. I'm like, Calliope has saved people's lives. Like, yeah. I just want that known. Like, people <laughs> have messaged us and told us, and, like, that shows how 
far behind Hollywood is and mm-hmm. how far ahead First Kill is. And yeah. I don't think people acknowledge that enough. Yeah, it means so, so much to me. And I'm telling you, I, it, I, it's not until, and that's why I can't wait to get to Collecticon. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not until you talk to the fans or even just the people involved in making the show. Like they would always be like, oh, you have no idea. Like you have no idea. I'm sure you're, you know, you're working. I don't want to throw you off. I know you're in your zone. You're Calliope, but girl, thank you. Like, or just telling me just like how good it feels to like, even in these interviews, like when I talk to like the interviewers, you're like, yo, like you have no idea. Like you have no idea what this done what this has done for my daughter. You have no idea what this is doing for my queer son. Mm-hmm. For for me, mm-hmm. for my queer self, you know, for like or like the teenage queer me that wish I heard this, you know, or like wish I saw someone that like looked and sounded like that. And I feel like there are so many different categories of like people that I feel like it's it's just so wonderful that we get to see that. Like, I think it's a big deal for interracial couples. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big deal for the adolescent uh, community, for teenagers. Because, God, I, the only thing harder than being a teenager is being a mother. <laughs> Sorry. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, or, like, to be a queer teenager? Like, yeah. oh, God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, oh, God. Like, uh, just to, to be a black woman, to come from a black family. Um, there's, just, there's just so, so many incredible groups of people that are represented on this show Mm -hmm. and i'm just so glad that we finally see it i'm so glad that we're here i'm so glad that we're here and i'm so grateful to all the incredible messages and comments that i receive it does not go unnoticed it's a lot yes (laughs) i can i can't be everywhere at once but i i love and appreciate and adore all the people that have reached out and just shown anybody that's even watched a minute of first kill we all love and appreciate you so so and I think that's why from the beginning like lesbians globa- globally have like united behind the show and are yeah. fighting so hard for it yes. because like it doesn't exist and like the last time we had a show that wasn't diverse but that w- featured a couple like this was like 20 years ago yeah. so it's like it's not like this happens you yes. know and then to see the intentionality behind it it makes it so mm. much more special absolutely I agree a thousand percent thousand percent the thing that's interesting is cal is out to her family from the beginning Mm -hmm. and she has this unwavering support from them in terms of her sexuality Mm -hmm. but the thing that's interesting about first kill is like homophobia still exists in the world but it doesn't exist in the burns world and in cal's world so how does that like what does that mean for you in the show and representation? Oh, it means everything to me. I think coming from, I know like I can, coming out in, in your to your family period, regardless of what your family looks like is not a walk in the park. You know what I mean? Like that is that, that I have all my closest, the people on this planet that I would die for are queer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all of my best friends, all of them. So it's like, we compare stories and I hear their stories and, and like, I know that that is not a walk in the park. It's especially not a walk in the park when you're like, um, from like minority families mm-hmm. or from like, you know, like Caribbean families or Hispanic families or just uh, usually cultural, like culturally that's a problem for a lot of people. Or like if you come from a very religious family or whatever the case may be, I know that that is not, um, that is not always everybody's like, experience you know it's not always a walk in the park and it's not always an easy conversation so i think it's especially important that we see that in the burns family um especially because cow's the only daughter you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's like she got two older brothers that could have easily been like girl what you know but they were like 
that's not the problem, Cal. The Cal, the problem is that she's a vampire. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you don't see that, you know? <laughs> I think it's incredibly important that, I feel like even throughout, like, the, the siblings' dynamics, like, we confide in each other. Like, when Theo's going through something, he called me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, when Apollo's going through something, like, or like, like I'd call Theo, or Theo would call me, or Apollo would call me, or like I'd be like, even when Apollo walks away, I'm on his laptop helping him out. Like it's like we just can't help but to support one another. And I just think it's, I think that's the bigger picture, whether it's about her sexuality or not. I think it's mm -hmm. important for families to support each other because that's what makes it family: the support, the love there, the respect for each other. Even if, even if you have to love, respect, and accept something that you do not feel, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like even if it's not your truth, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be for you to respect someone else. Absolutely. I think it's incredibly important. And I, and I think, like, I think it's one that we see that in the black family as well, because I feel like the black man or just the man in general is always taught not to like emote mm -hmm. or to like keep those things to, them, to themselves or don't cry. You're a man. You know what I mean? So I feel like to be able to see like to that kind of level, like it's, like, it's about her sexuality and that's never a point mm -hmm. of conflict. It's never a yeah. question. Like, I think it's so important to see that and to see that they can still work rhythmically. Like they still like this. It's not a hope. It's not like a thing to like overcome. It doesn't yeah, there's no and that's a credit. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a credit to Felicia because mm -hmm. every, every man on this show, actually, like there's not a man that I hate, which is really rare for me. <laughs> and <laughs> And, um, but especially like all three of the Burns men, even Jack, who, you know, we have some problems with, but they all have an emotional complexity to them. We Absolutely. get to see a range of everything from each of them. And that's a rarity on television still. Absolutely. Every one of those men break down and cry in mm -hmm. that show. Yeah. That is incredible to see. That is something that I, I don't know if we said it in one of the other episodes or it's something that we're planning for the future, which is that we really appreciate that it doesn't feel that any of the characters get vilified, that we get to see mm -hmm. that the characters are complex. And because people are complex, there are many ways to perceive a situation, to react to a situation, but no one's made a villain here in a very traditional sense. Um, right. Absolutely. If you don't like the character, it's only because of the circumstances. You know what I mean? Like, And that's what makes that's right. what, like, And I feel like it's also a testament to like your own beliefs, you know, and like where mm -hmm. you draw your line in the sand, you know, so like you, there's going to be points where they'll look at Cal and be like, Cal, girl, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, they did not make it clear in the Guild Code of Honor? Like, you're going against the grain here, you know what I mean? Or like, or you may support Cal and be like, fuck that, Cal, do you. <laughs> I get it, you know what I mean? Like, she's cute, I risk it. You know? <laughs> so like, there's going to be plenty of fans, like, some people are going to side with Jack, some people are going to hate Jack, you know, some people yeah. are going to like side with Cal, some people are going to be like, girl, that is not your son. You know what I mean? Like, people mm -hmm. are going to, you know, it all feel like it all depends on where you land, you know, I feel like, but that's the point of like complex characters and like, yeah. going through these emotions to bring about these kind of conversations, you know? So I'm going to switch gears to, I think, maybe a little bit more, like, sad, um, which is, <laughs> you know, towards the uh, end where, um, oh, no, this is this is not Theo. This is Calliope. So when the family decides mm -hmm. to do the severing uh, for Calliope, um, mm -hmm. for Katie and I, it really read as a queer allegory. It really read as, um, like, maybe something like electric shock, shock therapy as an attempt at conversion therapy. And we don't know how intentional, like, that parallel was or if that was something that like we just particularly thought of so the question being what was it like for you to portray cal in going into that situation where her family says you have a connection that you should not have and we're going to sever that even though cal was like no 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 i don't want to have a severing right. that is an incredible take on it i don't i don't think i even thought that far 
that isn't it. Shout out to y'all. That was deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, wow, now that you say it, I'm like, well, you know what? There was no part of me that didn't feel like it was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like for you to force anything on anyone is wrong. That's how I feel. Uh, um, I understood their purpose, though, because, again, Juliet, although we know her, like, characteristic-wise, you know, like, she's very, she very much posed a threat in the sense that she could kill me at any given time, um, but I could never kill her, even if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have the know-how. So I definitely understood their, like, perspective. And, and again, they're from a family of monster hunters. I, I'd be, it'd be silly for me to expect anything different, you know? They're like, <laughs> right. you know what? We tried to tell you to stay away. Now we're gonna have to go in with the with science, okay? Uh-huh. Now we're gonna have to, do, you know. So, um, but I do, I do see how like it can, it could be like symbolic for, you know, this being something that's like in like a lot of like households, especially when it's like about like queerness and stuff like that. It's like, oh, like, well, we we tried this, we tried to pray it away, we tried to do this. You know, there's all kind of tactics that people use, and st- and, and it's so funny to me because it's like, God, would it be that hard to just accept it? Is it that big of a challenge? <laughs> right. Like, you would rather send me to shock therapy than to be like, all right, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, what you eat doesn't make me shit, so I guess. You know what I mean? Like, why is, why is, why is that so much harder? You know what I mean? But right. um, I think I think it's important that we shine the light on that moment. And I think it's important that we're having the conversation that we're having right now about that very point, because I know that a lot of people are going to see themselves mm-hmm. in that moment or see their experience in, in that moment. Um, but I think in, in preparing for that moment, I just, I really wanted to show... I really wanted to show that Cal trusts her family, you know, like even when she doesn't agree, even when she's like, no, but you don't understand. And she still didn't feel safe enough to express like, mom, like I adore this girl. Like I do. I'm sorry. I do. And she's wonderful. And if you accept me, then just accept that I'm dating her. And yeah. that, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's, I wanted to show that truth that even in that moment, she was willing to have fucking silver pumped through her before she was like, well, you know, because it's that big of a challenge, you know, in, in Cal's case, it being that it's like blasphemous to date, like a, a, a something that we hunt, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. you know, and that, yeah, I can definitely see this, this um, the symbolism there. But I just really wanted to challenge, I just really wanted to channel that she trusts her family enough, though, even though it goes against her feelings and like what she knows to be true about herself, at least in that moment, she's like, all right, but I have to trust my family and I have to choose my family. Yeah. You know? So I want to ask in re- in relation to this a more fun question. Um so because we've watched the show many times at this point, uh we've now started thinking beyond what we've seen. So we've really developed this whole theory about mm-hmm. the show. So because Cal and Julia are still connected post the severing, we mm-hmm. were like why is that? So mm-hmm. since Juliet is a descendant of Lilith. Mm-hmm. We've started to think like, are the monster monster hunters a descendant of Eve? And like, could Cal be a descendant of Eve? Like, Ooh. what do you think about that? I think that's hot. I love that. <laughs> I think that'd be so dope. I think that'd be so cool. I hope you're right. <laughs> make some calls because that's so ill. That would be so dope. It'd be like, whoa. I feel like it would open up the parallels of this uh-huh. story times a thousand. It'd be like, oh shit. Now we have some history that we didn't even know existed. That'd be really dope. I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, but I think on the surface, it was dope to see like, can't break what you didn't make. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it is what it is. Like, look, where's the fear? Maybe it's just what the heart wants, what the heart wants. And you can't stop that, Miss Burns. I love it's too strong. You know, like, that's just what it is. Like, 
paid the brick. <laughs> yeah. um, I love that. I love that. I would love that. I think that'd be really, really ill. And I think it'd be, I think maybe it would change how like the Burns and Fairmonts look at Juliet and um, Calliope's dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd make for an interesting turn of like, maybe we kind of have to work together mm -hmm. here because there's something like bigger here. Like, okay, even it's beyond like, of course you guys fell for each other because it was a connection that was made years before you guys knew each other. You know what I mean? Like, and, and now it's like, you know how people like say like soulmates, like it's like when you reincarnate, like sometimes in like new lifetimes, like you'll, you'll run into all these different people to try to find your one. I feel like because both lineages were like thousands of years in the making, mm -hmm. I could definitely mm -hmm. see that being a thing like, this was meant to be, we just didn't know why yet. Yeah. We thought it was just, you know, a crush that turned into love or turned into this relationship. But it was like, no, you two kind of have to be together. <laughs> and I think that'd be, I think it'd be cool to like see the Fairmonts and the Burns kind of have to work together because of that. Also because right. they're kind of being shunned by their organizations, like yeah. from like, you know, the, the, the Fairmonts and what they're going through with like, uh, because of what happened, you know, what happened with the snake and all that. Yeah. And then uh -huh. uh, Burns with the guild, you know, like we kind of, don't have anyone but each other so <laughs> right and also it opens up i think both girls for like uh, a power that they didn't know that they have in an interesting way where like julia has never wanted it and cal has always felt destined to it and i yeah. think that would be like a cool dynamic between the that two of them so cool oh, gonna, we gotta write this down <laughs> <laughs> getting so cool <laughs> I remember when Lilith like first came up but like Katie went into a deep dive on Lilith and Eve and then like it's just grown what? we have a lot of theories about y'all being the chosen ones and this prophecy that's, that's awesome that is really really cool and I think it would definitely take us on a different kind of, like a different kind of world like that would take on a different kind of world because it's I always say like there's still so much I feel like first yes. two has so much mm -hmm. space to grow. It has so much space to grow and to evolve. And there's so many like monsters that we haven't mm -hmm. seen yet. Yes. Like you saw like, mm -hmm. but even in the monsters that we see, like we don't even really get to understand like their dynamics and their histories. Cause I doubt Juliet's the only, like quote unquote monster that, you know, has like, Nope, I have a story here. You know, like even when right. the was in the house, like he didn't attack anyone until he yeah. was attacked. He was like, I'm just looking for my shit. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody came to the, no told you to come steal my shit and now I'm back to <laughs> nobody asked me why it was important to me maybe yeah. my grandpa gave it to me maybe my grandpa Shambo yeah. gave this to me and I'm back for it family heirloom <laughs> exactly and it wasn't yours to begin with Mr. Apollo thank you <laughs> yes oh my god so I'm curious as to your perspective because I have been really suspicious of the guild because of everything okay yes yes okay good because i was me like, too <laughs> everything that's happened i'm just like jack jack more so than tolly i think but jack has seemed so certain of the guild's you know support mm -hmm. and guidance and like doing mm -hmm. what he's asked to do and seeing you know situations as opportunities that for me i perceive as they're setting you up to fail like i'm so scared <laughs> and worried for you all and so mm -hmm. um yeah just curious what what do you think about the guild I think I'm scared of the guild's power, like in mm, the power that power. they have over, like, the, like, like again, uh, when it came to uh, all the members of the guild, like, uh, like uh, Tess's parents and stuff like that. Like, um, I feel like it got to a point where they had been knowing each other for years, barbecuing with each other, knew each other's babies when they were babies. All, all of that went out the window the moment the guild was like, "No, tell them they're out." They were like, sorry, guild said so. You know, like all 
that's and that that scares me a little to know that it took little to not, all it took was a turn of like turn apart from the guild for them to completely like be like nope forget them you know what i mean like, or even um just how they started treating like the burns you know what i mean like mm-hmm. where's cal like wherever cal is the vampire seems to be and like yeah you're right but still like that's not <laughs> you don't say it that way I feel yeah. like it's, just, it's organizations that can completely turn the people that you've grown to love and care about against you are the organization that's that's the real scare you mm-hmm. know what I mean so I feel like uh, I, I, I think it'd be interesting to see that like burns against the guild like all right like almost like freelancing like no we like we do this for ourselves now like we're like uh like a like a renegade kind of burn family we're like they're like, well, the guild has let us down. Mm-hmm. All we have is each other and the knowledge that we have now. Or maybe the guild's maybe been keeping some kind of information from them. Maybe they know about the even Lilith stuff. And maybe that's why we're a target in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, because they were real sketch about Theo trying to find out more about legacies. Like, they almost don't want them to know about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the guild is real sketch. Um, But, I, again, I think it's, like, most... Most organizations, when you get yep. to the security of things, you realize it is not what they portray themselves. To. And I, I think that shows like the Burns children how they're like how it is an unofficial matriarchy in a way because <laughs> Jack is almost like a true disciple, but mm-hmm. Talia always thinks a little bit deeper about things, yeah. and you see that through all three of the children where they just don't go at face value. Whereas like Tess betrayed her ex and best friend for the guild mm-hmm. where I don't know that any of the burned siblings would do that. No, absolutely not. I think it's in, I think, I think it's in, oh, what am I trying to say? I feel like when we see the Burns family, they're special in the sense that I feel like they're going to be the family to break the cycle of whatever has been going mm-hmm. on in the field for all these years. And I love that there's a, a deep history with the Fairmonts and a deep history with the Burns because that means, oh, there is still so much to learn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like what we're seeing on the mm-hmm. surface was years in the making. You know, like I don't think any of it is like coincidence of all the schools that Cal has gone to, of all the Tokyo, Japan and, and London, all the places mm-hmm. that they've traveled on, on these missions. When they get to Savannah, there's a change. You know what I mean? Like, it is not, and she falls for the legacy that she found. <laughs> yeah. Not, and oh, and Cal's the one to find it. A legacy hasn't been found in years. And then Cal finds her. Yeah, they're faded. And then she falls in love with her. None of that is coincidence. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think any of And then they, in each other's dreams, I don't think any of that is coincidence. Um, I think this is the factors that be, you know, still play a part in it. Like, okay, when she bites you, you know, it right. can kind of assemble your mind or make a, a monster hunter question their beliefs or whatever. I think all of that is very true. But I think it's still, it's way deeper than the surface. I think we're like at the tip of the glacier and underneath the water is like, yeah, so yeah to be learned i think it could really expand and become something even. yeah katie and i were talking about how like we're ready for five seasons because there's so much that could be dug into with this absolutely i i really god fingers crossed i think it could be so so cool and i think it'd be i think i think it would just open up the kind of audiences that we could attract too like mm-hmm. i don't think it's just it, this is not just a this is not just a show for one group of people i feel like they're for the science lovers you know the sci-fi lovers and then like we bl- like we blend some of the truth of science and you know in the, into the show and it's like mm-hmm. oh no that's no that's true I'm a scientist <laughs> it's true They're all yeah you know I mean? <laughs> I'd like to see that I want there to be like a, a element I think First Kill has done a beautiful job of having an element for every kind of person in the show there's something for everyone in this show 
Yeah, it's almost labeled so much in the genre category. I don't think the show and Felicia get enough credit for the family drama that it is as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a very layered show with very layered characters. And I feel like where Mm -hmm. there are layers, there is room to unravel and to learn, you know? And I think that's the fun of it all. Like, just enjoy the journey of it all. You know, just see, we don't know where we're going to go, but let's, let's see it happen. You know, like, let's see it get there. So this scene is, oh, it's heavy. But at the end, Cal. So I think fans have a really hard time with the words that Cal says at the end to Juliet. I'm, you know, going to find out how to kill you and every legacy like you. But I... I was almost shocked that people had so such a hard time with it because I have so much sympathy for Cal in that moment mm-hmm. because she's going through so much grief. Like mm-hmm. she's just lost the brother that she knows. Her family has been turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And then to, come to find out that the only person she thought she had solace in exactly. was part of it. Like, I think she's just in complete shock at that moment. And it's like, right fighting this pain and that's how it comes out Mm -hmm. so you know can you speak to her state of mind a little bit more in that scene yeah cal is in complete shambles like okay you can't confide in the organization that you work for you your family what your father just wanted to kill your brother in front of you you know what i mean like he just wants to kill and kind of blames you for like loving a vampire You know what I mean? Like, my brother equally is in shambles. You know what I mean? He feels responsible because I got there after the fact. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, then the one, the one person that she confided in outside of, like, the mess of her family, like, is responsible for the turning of her brother. I can't imagine which, which feeling she grabs first. Like, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to say. I, I feel like, and again, Cal's 16, though. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine just, imagine just struggling with your sexuality. Like, imagine if that was her struggle in itself. Imagine that, that just being the one struggle and how difficult that is. So I'm mad, like, I, I would be shattered. I, I, Cal is shattered. She's mm-hmm. just, just so disoriented. I feel like, I, and I feel for Cal, too. I feel for both of them because I think neither of them could have ever planned that things would like, and it just seems like a long Mm -hmm. string of like misunderstandings. You know what I mean? But because emotions are in the forefront, there's no space for anyone to hear anyone. You know? So I think that whole spear to the chest thing was just, God, I am in shambles and I'm so mad at you. And I don't know where to place all these feelings right now, but it it also makes sense for me to place them on you because you turned him. Yeah. Yeah, when you love someone, it's easier to almost let it out on them. them, Absolutely, and to lash out on them. And again, like, Jules is, like, she expressed, like, I feel like Cal trusted Jules. Like, you know, like, she trusted her, like, we both know you have this power that you're promising me that you're not going to use to hurt me. And I'm promising that I won't do any of the things that I know to do to hurt you. You know what I mean? So it's like, you vicariously hurt me through hurting like people that I care about, you know, after mm-hmm. I went like to bat to protect you, you know, so I can, I can completely understand her hurt and, and where she was coming from. Um, of course, in real life, we were goofing that night. You know, like, right. like, like, <laughs> we were eating gyros, losing it. Which is like, <laughs> which is like for fans, like I'm over here crying and you're laughing, you know? <laughs> No, absolutely. But then it got to a point, like, when we were doing the scene, like, we couldn't stop crying. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, once you 
waterworks on, it was hard to turn them off because it's so sad. It's so, so sad. It's such a sad mm. ending. Um, and everyone's emotionally drained by that part of the show. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's hurt. But I have hope. I have hope that, you know, I think it's just one of those things, like, if you've ever broken up with anyone mm-hmm. for any reason, <laughs> oh, that shit hurts. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Yeah. And then have you ever been a girl to break up with a girl? <laughs> that shit. <laughs> I mean, like, that's not an easy process. So I, like, I completely understand. I understand. That, that drama was very called for. You know what I mean? Especially for, like, the things yeah. that happened that got to that point. No, completely understandable. Yeah, and I, I agree with her being a teenager. Like, I mean, she needs a minute. Like, she needs a minute to process yeah. all the shit that just happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Cal just needs a minute. She needs some tea, man. She yeah. needs some green tea and a bagel. And she just needs to sit out. Juliet, take your naivete home. home. <laughs> Give me a minute. Yeah, she needs to eat and relax. <laughs> like, she needs to sit out for a minute. Like, I don't know where. I don't know when. But, no. I, I, but I do have hope that, you know, usually when feelings subside, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to, like, think with a clearer mind and really put your head on. But I think Cal's the kind of person where, again, she takes it mm-hmm. and she lets it fuel her. You know what I mean? So I feel like it'll only fuel her to, like, be this hunter that she that she knows herself to be. Like, if, I feel like she's going to come back, like, fucking Serena. Like, she's going to yeah. be, like, <laughs> super, like, go hard. Go. Cal's go, era. <laughs> <laughs> With with this ending, I think in another interview, I saw that you had said that you want them to reunite. And I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, how do you kind of foresee that in like a season two of them reuniting? But also like, this is a big thing that's happened. And like you said, mm-hmm. for Cal, it likely is going to fuel this desire to want to be the best monster hunter and deal with that. So like, how do you see those two aligning where she's potentially going to be fueled to be stronger, but then also like, Juliet. <laughs> I feel like Cal and Jules are infamous for coming back together when they have a common enemy. Mm. I feel like all it takes is for them to have a common denominator, like a common enemy. And it's like, damn it, I'm working with you, but not because I wanted to. I feel like it started on the rooftop. You know, they yeah. both needed a reason to be in the principal's office. Mm-hmm. You know, episode five, they're both trying not to die at the hands of the zombie. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. They're trying not to let other people die at the hands of the zombie. You know what I mean? So I feel like whenever there's like a, common enemy they're mm-hmm. like all right we gotta we gotta work together and i feel like the moment they work together it's like they're able to see each other for what they've always seen each other as like the person that they're falling for you know oh, i like that and i feel like it, yeah i think she's <laughs> I, think, I think cal was impressed by jules like i think i think there's a, a certain level of like i'm so impressed with this girl like she doesn't even mean to have these powers even when they're fighting on the roof like mm-hmm. you can fight like okay like <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of hot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, she's going to be more impressed next season then, right? <laughs> yeah, you see, like, a dark Jules? Hell yeah. I feel like there's going to be a part of And again, they're still crazy, like, attracted to each other. So I feel yeah. like that attraction doesn't just die because it's kind of hot between them. So I don't see that dying so easily. Yeah. And also, like, Cal doesn't deny that she does that she loves Jules. She's just, like, not acknowledging it. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think it'd be silly of her to acknowledge it. And I think it'd be far-fetched for her to acknowledge it in that moment, too. Like, I love you, too. Right. But get off the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get out of here. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, it, it wouldn't have worked for her to be like, I love you, too. I'm not going to say it again. Get off this line. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. It just wouldn't have fit. I don't think. Yeah. Just the imagine. payoff is going to be yeah, the payoff's going to be way better when we hear it in season two now, right? Absolutely. I would love to hear Cal say, God willing, this is season two. I would love to hear Cal be like, I loved you, Jules. <laughs> oh, I the angst would be great. 
Yeah, like, be like, I loved you and this is what you did. You know what I mean? I feel like it'd be from a place of, like, hurt at first and then it'd come from, like, mm-hmm. romance again. Yeah. Ooh, I've been excited about season two. Even more excited about, like, this, like, this um possibility that you foresee because I think that that would work really, really well. Um, Me too. Okay, so um, I'm a big Mocha Bands fan. <gasps> um, uh, so I want to know... What is the difference between the artist Amani Lewis and the artist Mocha Bands? Ooh, big difference. I think Imani Lewis. Oh, this seems so deep. Imani Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Imani is like me on like the day to day. You know what I mean? Like I'm a cool little jelly bean, man. Um, I feel like I'm real cool. I love to laugh. I'm real giggly. I'm a reader. Like, I read books. I have 12 books stacked in front of me right now. Like, I wish I was joking. Like, I am a big reader. Um, Yeah, like, she likes to crochet. She likes to play Sudoku. She likes to play solitaire. Like, I'm that kind of person. But then, like, you know, I go to work and I try to do my best work. And she's, you know, I think Imani's, Imani's real cool. She's real chill. I feel like not to say that Mocha Bands is not, but I think, um, you know, and Imani's like real like professional, you know, like real like, hmm, Christine, hmm, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? The weather's nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just that kind of way. Like, <laughs> but I feel like Mocha Bands is like me at my cockiest. I don't even want to say cocky, just like at my surest. Like that's the part of me that's like, what? You couldn't tell me anything if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, that's that's the that's the version of me that's really gonna pop her shit. Like, no. Number ten in the world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like she's that kind of girl. Like, she's just like that's that's me at my most confident, like, like I, I think they're all very true. They're all just the dimensions of myself because I think they're all very, very true. It's not like anything's a persona. Um, I just mm-hmm. think it's me like at my most sure and my most confident and my most like self-assured, like, no, nope, I'm going to win. Nobody's going to tell me I can't win because I already told myself I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. It's written in the stars and how it is what it is. And I encourage everybody around me to be that same way when I'm in that mode. Like what girl, you're beautiful. Stop crying right now. What? <laughs> you know, be for real. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, she's a lot tougher. She's a lot more like, girl, what? Don't answer the phone. No, don't answer it. You make me call you. eight times and then you text him like what what do you (laughs) You mean like that way like it's just a there's a certain era like certain like i don't know there's a certain swag to her that's just a lot harder and you really see the new york in me with like Mm -hmm. mocha band yeah when i have to be money i have to kind of turn off my accent (laughs) (laughs) yeah so are we gonna get some more mocha bands like that's what the fans want to know absolutely oh my god i can't wait for y'all to hear this new music i am so freaking amped um this would have come out sooner but you know making television shows is not <laughs> overnight work you know like, right <laughs> some time. um but yeah there's never a time that i'm not working on the music i cannot wait for you guys to hear this music because there's a song for every person i'm working on a project right now and i can't wait to finish it up and hopefully i'll have a date soon in which it will be released fantastic yeah i'm stoked i'm like uh if we get that season two renewal we're blair mocha bands yeah we've already decided we're gonna make a vampire themed um drink and then we'll play mocha bands and we're gonna have a party (laughs) i love it i cannot wait i cannot wait 
Thank you so much for chatting with us. Of course. This was so much fun. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much. We were really excited. Uh, we weren't certain because we know how busy you are. And so we were just like, oh, let's shoot our shot and hope that it, it happens. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm here. This was so much fun. And when I heard Sarah Captain's, I was like, oh, I want to talk to them so bad. This is, so like, is going to be so much fun. Of course. I'm so glad. Thank you guys so much for making the time for me. Holy shit balls that was incredible um that was i like i just feel like i'm at a loss for words because i was so nervous like i was nervous i was just so nervous and then immediately it was great <laughs> listen y'all have been making fun of sarah Catherine unjustly because i think v and i relate to her pretty strongly right now <laughs> Oh, uh-huh. There were so many times where Katie and I just really wanted to just, like, you know, chin on hands, stare lovingly at Imani as she just talks so beautifully. Oh, my God. It was – I feel blessed to have been in the same virtual space as her. <laughs> like, she just has that star quality. Like, I look at her and I'm charmed instantly. Mm -hmm. Like, I was so charmed by her. I was, like, cast under her spell during that whole interview. So don't make fun of me. Like, if I if I sound a little geeky, like, don't make fun of me, y'all. I, I couldn't help it. No, no one's going to, like, no one should judge. Um, we completely <laughs> understand what Sarah Catherine meant by she did a chemistry read via Zoom and immediately was like, butterflies, this is my calliope because that is our calliope. <laughs> it's there. We see it. We get you, girl. We are with you now. We are down. We are down on the ground with you. Okay. Like, holy shit, man. Um, but beyond being charmed uh, completely by Imani, um, like... It's just so fucking cool when you talk to an actress and she's so real and genuine mm -hmm. and caring and passionate. Like, oh, I could just feel it all. And I was like, holy shit, she's the coolest person ever. Yeah, I, I just I think that eh, it's just like, how do you even explain what it feels like to be so comfortable with someone that you've just met, you know? Like, because because truly, I think that's what it was, is um, <laughs> we got started and then I don't know what the hell I got us distracted by, I got, but I got us distracted by something and Imani just rolled with it and it was just such <laughs> a chill start to this. And I was like, oh, we're good. We're good. We've got a rapport. We got this. <laughs> yeah, she's so sweet. Oh, my God. It's like, how can I just... She's an angel, and she's graced us with our presence, and I feel blessed. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially because, like, I, we know that she's really busy right now, so her fitting us into her schedule, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, um, not only for us, but the fans, because it has been highly requested, and I, I just, I know that y'all are going to love this as much as we love doing this. Yeah, it's like, ugh, if you're not in love with her after, I don't know what to tell you, because it's all there for you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If you're not in love with her by this point, get out of here. <laughs> so thank you all for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed that interview. We had the best fucking time. I hope you did too. You can continue talking to us about First Kill in this interview on Twitter at This Lesbian Shit, on Instagram at This Lesbian Ship. 
Please rate and review us and download our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. This lesbian ship is intense is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast.